Genesis chapter 8. Genesis chapter 8. I'm going to read verse 4. Genesis chapter 8, verse 4. Genesis chapter 8, verse 4. Amen. Genesis chapter 8, verse 4. And the ark rested in the seventh month on the seventeenth day of the month upon the mountains of Ararat. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This morning, for a few minutes, the topic of our discussion is rest for the weary. Rest for who? Rest for the weary. We all know the story of Noah. We all know what happened that led him into the ark. The Bible says God decided that the sin of man was too great. And mankind at that point in time was going to be destroyed. But Noah found grace in his sight. And so when the Lord released the flood upon the earth that destroyed the earth, the Bible makes us to understand that Noah and his household, and there were eight of them, Noah and his wife, his three sons and their wives, and all manner of animals, seven clean animals, I mean, seven of all the clean types, and two of all the unclean types, were in the ark with him. And brethren, when Noah got into the ark, and the rain started, you will agree with me that Noah was excited. Is that not so? Especially when the level of the water started rising. And Noah would, could see outside the ark. And he saw maybe one or two neighbors. They were hitting on the ark and said, Brother Noah, we now remember, we now, I mean, appreciate all that you've been telling us. Please open the door for us that we might escape this flood. It's becoming, it's getting to the point that we may not survive. But the Bible says that when Noah and his family got into the ark, who was the person that locked the door of the ark? God. It was God. God locked the door. God kept the key. So even if Noah wanted to see, oh, the last time I had no food, this was my neighbor that helped me out. Was he able to help anyone? No. God had decided that only Noah and his household would escape the flood. So there was that Noah could escape that flood. There was some level of excitement. There was some level of praise and worship. And I, can, I can imagine Noah calling his house all together and say, Come, we need to bless the Lord for what he has done for us. This is no small salvation. This is no small deliverance. But brethren, the Bible makes us to understand that one day became two days. Is that not so? Two days became four days. Two weeks became three weeks. One month became two months. And the excitement at a point in time began to wane. Because a question arose in the heart of Noah and his brethren. Has God forgotten us? Are we ever going to experience what is called normalcy again? 
Oh, is the ark, I mean, going to be where we live till we die? And I'm sure some of us have had this type of experience. Especially when it's December. We are looking forward to the new year. We have lots of anticipation. Oh, this year will soon come to an end. We pray, we'll fast, we believe God, we make some new year resolutions. Amen? We put it down because the Bible says division is for a better time. Though it tarries, it shall come to pass. And I mean, we are told that in the book of that Habakkuk chapter 1, God told him, he said, do what? Write the vision. So we follow all the steps. You conceive the vision, you write it down, maybe you place it by the door when you go out every day. But now six months are gone. And in fact, some of us might have gotten to the point of removing that vision where we put it. I say, anytime I see what I've written here, it only reminds me of my failure. The excitement has gone. We've gotten to a point where we begin to ask questions. Noah got to that point in the ark. And he began to ask a very simple question. Has God forgotten us? Has God forgotten me? The Lord brought me thus far. Not too long ago, I was rejoicing in his salvation. But I look around now and all that I see are the walls of this ark. And I dare not venture outside. Because outside this ark is death. What is the way forward? Except the Lord intervenes, there's no way forward. But you know the good news this morning, brethren? The good news is that God remembered Noah. And God will remember you. Amen. I said, God will remember you today. Amen. The Bible says, God, in that uh, Genesis chapter 8, verse 1, it says, God remembered Noah and every living thing and all that was with him in the ark. And God made a way to pass over the ark, and the waters are switched. When you go through the scriptures, brethren, there are many individuals who were in similar situations. There are many who have thought, maybe you had a dream on January 1st. Maybe it was on January 7th. Today is July 7th. Or maybe it was on December 27th that you had that dream. And you knew God was telling you that the year 2019 is a different year. Different in the sense that it will be better. And you had high hopes. And you stepped into the new year with great expectation and excitement. And all of a sudden, you are beginning to ask yourself, has God forgotten me? And I have a word for you today. God remembered Noah. He will remember you. Amen. The Bible says God remembered Rachel. You remember the story of Rachel? The Bible makes us to understand that Rachel was the woman that Jacob loved. The woman he wanted to marry. But on the wedding night, what happened? Leah was given to him in place of Rachel. And the Bible says, when God saw that Rachel, I mean that Leah was hated, what did he do? He opened the womb of Leah. And what did he do to Rachel? He closed her womb. That is God for you. God will fight for you. Amen. I said God will fight for you. He opened the womb of Leah and Leah began to have children. Like our people would say, she began to have children like rabbit. 
Before you could count what is going on, the Bible says Leah ended up having seven sons and one daughter. Exactly, just like that. She didn't do anything to, 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 to what God's goodness to her. It is just grace. Tell somebody it is grace. You will experience that grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Then there came, at, at a point in time, Rachel went and met her husband and said, give me a child or I die. And the man looked at her. The Bible says, Jacob got angry. He said, am I God? He realized what was happening. Am I God? But she had a plan. Her plan was to get the man angry so that the man would go into her concubine. Okay, if you can't give me a child, or you take my concubine. And Jacob, who was a very wonderful, uh, a man that loved women, said, this is another grace. <laughs> but the Bible says, one day, God remembered Rachel. God will remember you. Amen. I said, God will remember you. In Genesis chapter 30, verse 22, the Bible says, God remembered Rachel, and God hearkened to her and opened her womb. Whatever has been sealed concerning you that is supposed to be opened, God will open today in Jesus' name. Amen. She conceived and bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. And she called his name Joseph, that is adding, and said, the Lord shall add to me another son. In other words, when she got the first one, she gave him a name so that every time she called the name, she's telling God. What, what is she telling God? What is she telling God? Every time she called the name of that one, she's saying, God, I need what? Another one. She called him Joseph. She said, I, won't, I don't need to wait and fast to get the second child. Every time I call this child, I'm reminding God, do what? Give me another one. Did God give another one or not? God gave her another one, even though because she went, I mean, she went into idolatry and there was a confusion between her and her husband, she really did not leave to take care of that second one. But God gave it to her. You will not make the mistake that will terminate your destiny. Amen. I say you will not make the mistake that will terminate your destiny. Amen. If only Rachel had known, she wouldn't have taken the idols of Laban and hid them, and she sat upon them. And Jacob made a pronouncement. Jacob said, whosoever you find these idols with, let him not live. He did not know that the idols were with his beloved Rachel. She did not survive it. She died at childbirth. And she called that young man that was born the son of her sorrow. She wanted to transfer her errors to her son. But her husband said, no, no, no. This boy shall not be called son of sorrow. He changed his name to Benjamin. God remembered Rachel. Brethren, God remembered Hannah. And he will remember you today. I say he will remember you today. The Bible says, we know the story of Hannah. Her, 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 what do you call the second wife? Huh? Eh? Arriver. <laughs> her, her wife in law. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, her co I think I, I agree with Sister Nina. Her sister wife, you are in the spirit. <laughs> she was taunting her. 
She had children. We don't even know the name of her children. Saying, I mean, don't, go and get, get your own children. Don't, I mean, do you know what it takes to have a child? Don't trouble my own children. But Hannah went unto the living God. And the Bible makes us to understand that one day, tell somebody one day. One day, God remembered Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1, from verse 19 to verse 20. Towards the end of verse 19, the Bible says, Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. God will remember you. In fact, today is the day of somebody's remembrance. Because we have come to the second half of the year 2019. And all those things that God has promised that look like they are pending, God is beginning a work of perfection today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Brethren, God remembered Ruth. God remembered who? Ruth had lost everything. In fact, she made a decision which by all human standards was a foolish one. Elimelech died. His two sons died. Naomi said, I'm going back to my land. And Ruth said, I will follow you. Why are you following me? I don't have any other child that will marry you. She said, I will follow you. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my, my people. Where you live, I will live. Where you die, I will do what? Ruth followed Naomi blindly. But not blindly. Because she knew that there was a God that Naomi served, who was a living God. She was a Moabite. But she knew that the God of Israel was a living God. That's the God you and I serve. Tell somebody, that is my God. She followed Naomi back. And God began to, I mean, to direct her footsteps until she ended up on the field of Boaz. And the rest is history. The Bible says, Boaz married Ruth. And she gave back to a young man called Obed. Obed was the father of Jesse, the father of David. God remembered Ruth. God will remember you. I said, God will remember you. You will agree with me that the story of Ruth is different from the story of Rachel. Is that not so? The story of Rachel is different from the story of Noah. The story of these three sisters is different from the story of Job. Did not God remember Job? Remember what Job passed through. Bible scholars make us understand that every, all the experience of Job in the book of Job, from the time he lost everything he had, he lost his children, he lost his cattle, he lost everything, he lost his wife. It all lasted nine months. But one day, tell somebody one day. One day, one day God remembered Job in Job chapter 42, verse 10. The Bible says, the Lord turned the captivity of Job. When he prayed for his friends, and the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. And in verse 12, the Bible says, the Lord blessed the later end of Job more than the beginning. I pray for someone here today. You will end well. Amen. You will finish well. Amen. God will bless your later end. Amen. I say God will bless your later end. Amen. Do you know the meaning of that prayer? God is telling someone here today that the rest of 2019 will be much more glorious than the one you have experienced. Amen. That the second half of this year is going to be a wonderful year for you in the name of Jesus. Amen. God remembered Job. And he doubled everything he had. 
Verse 13 says he, he had seven sons and three daughters. See, that's a different circumstances. Job was a rich man. He became a sick man. Not only a sick man, he became a poor man. He lost everything. But one day, God remembered him. And as God doubled all that he gave back to him, I have a word for someone here today. Whatever you have lost, your restoration will be glorious. Amen. I say, whatsoever you have lost, your restoration will be glorious. Amen. When God will begin to restore to you what you have lost. Oh, that's why I love Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. You know that verse, right? I, I, I speak of that verse almost every Sunday. Unto him that is able to do, exceeding abundantly, above all, according to the power that worketh in us. Brethren, he's still at work. That power is still at work. There shall be divine restoration. I said there shall be divine restoration. God remembered Lot. I mean, God remembered Abraham when he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. The Bible makes us to understand that it was because of Abraham that God kept Lot alive. In Genesis chapter 19, verse 29, he says, It came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and set Lot out of the midst of the overthrow. When he overthrew the cities, in the which Lot dwelt. That's why for those of us who are parents here, for those of us who are mothers, for those of us who are fathers, and we will all be fathers and mothers in Jesus' name. Amen. That's why you must never stop praying for your children. Because on the day of destruction, even if our children are not praying for themselves, God will remember your prayers. Amen. Somebody does not like that. Amen. Oh, maybe it's because we are not praying. I say God will remember your prayers. Amen. The prayer you are praying for your children, when they come face to face with destruction, God will remember your prayers in Jesus' name. Yeah. I, I read a story, uh, uh, somebody put it, uh, was it on WhatsApp or something? I don't know if it's true or not, but I like the story. And so I'm going to share it. And it talks of a woman who every day will put a loaf of bread by her window. And a man uh, who had a, uh, who, who, was, who had a, a deformity or whatever you want to call it, a disability, will always come and pick that loaf of bread and go away. He wouldn't say anything. He wouldn't even give her thanks. But he would come religiously, pick the loaf of bread and go away. One day this woman got angry. I said, this man that keeps coming to pick bread here, I want to get rid of him. So she took poison, put it in the bread and put it there. But before the man came, she, she, she was remorseful, she repented. So she took the bread, threw it away, and put a new loaf of bread there. And the man came as usual, took the bread, and went away. On his way, he met a young man who was hungry. And the young man was almost dying and said, help. And he said, well, I don't have anything. This is my, my provision for the day. But I can see that you need it more than me. So what did he do? He gave him the bread. And the young man ate the bread. Not long after that, there was a knock on this woman's door. And who was the person that knocked on her door? It was her son. Her son who had 
I don't know if he was long lost or whatever it is. And the man began to tell his story. And said, Mom, I would have died on the road. Not far from here. I was famished. I was almost fainting. But I met a man. This one day I met a man. I met a man who gave me a loaf of bread. And that is what sustained me. And I've been able to get home. Brethren, if that woman had left that poisonous bread there on that day, who would have died? It's her son that would have died. God will remember your prayers. I said, God will remember your prayers. The book of Psalm 20, Psalm chapter 20, from verse 1, it says, May the Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. Somebody does not like that prayer. He said, may the God of Jacob defend thee. May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. Then look at verse 3. He said, may the Lord remember all thy offerings and accept your bond sacrifices. When you are making all those sacrifices, when you are giving your offerings, when you come to the house of God and you say, oh, there is a need in the house of God. Let me do something about it. You are putting it in a record book. You are putting it in a storehouse. You are telling the Lord, I'm here. And when the day comes for him to remember, he will remember you. Amen. I say he will remember you. Amen. There's a song we used to sing when I was younger. It's me, it's me, oh Lord. Standing in the midst of prayer. It's me, it's me, oh Lord. Standing in the midst of prayer. Not my papa, not my mama. Standing in the midst of prayer. Standing in the midst of prayer. I know the simple part. I know it's more complicated than that. But the Lord sees that it's you standing in the midst of prayer. The Lord sees that it's you ready to give to sustain his work. The Lord sees that it's you making sacrifices. There is a day of remembrance. Tell somebody, don't give up. As if you mean to say, don't give up. I want to give you an assurance today, brethren, that when God remembers you, he sets some things in motion. He does what? He says, which will culminate into what the world sees. It's not the day God remembers you that, I mean, the Bible says God remembered Rachel, right? He opened her womb. But when the people eventually realized God had remembered Rachel, it's when the child was born. Amen? Amen. Is that not so? That was when God, they realized. The Bible says, when Elizabeth became pregnant with John, she hid herself for how many months? Five months. People did not know that she was pregnant until the sixth month. And then on the, at the ninth month, the child John was born. God will remember you today. And he will begin a work of perfection in your life. He will begin to do a new thing in your life. The Bible says the day that God remembered Noah, he sent a wind and the wind began to blow and the wind began to dry up the water. He closed the windows of heaven. The floods stopped coming. He began to give Noah and his brethren what I would call a breathing space. 
See, as you leave the church today, you are going to just notice one thing. You will notice that things are different. That's why the things are different. Because God is working things out. Your miracle is a glorious one. It's one that will come to pass at the fullness of time. Because there is a fullness of time. It took nine months for Samuel to comfort of Hannah. Is that not so? He took nine months for Joseph to come out from Rachel. But the day that Joseph was born, it's not the day that God remembered her. The day God remembered her, what did he do? He opened her womb. The miracles began. The name Noah means rest. Noah means what? It means rest. The number seven in the scriptures is associated with rest in so many ways. The Bible makes us to understand that God rested from his work of creation on the seventh day. And brethren, it's not a coincidence that today, the seventh day of July, 2019, God is releasing a word of rest into somebody's life. God is releasing a word of restoration to somebody's life. God is remembering somebody today because there are some things that need to be perfected and he will perfect them in Jesus' name. The Bible says on the seventh day in Genesis chapter 2 verse 2, on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made and he rested from all his work which he had made. And look at verse 3. Verse 3. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. Because in it, he had rested from all his work which he had created. Not only is God promising rest unto someone here today, God is promising you a blessing. Amen. God is promising you what? A blessing. a blessing. You know, in Malachi chapter 3, the passage we always read when we talk about tithes and offering. He said, bring ye your tithes into the house. He said, put me to test if I will not do what? If I will not open the windows of heaven, I believe it's verse 10. I will, if I will not open the windows of heaven and do what? And do what? That's what I'm trying to bring out. And pour you out a blessing. All that you need from God is what? Is what? It's a blessing. All that you need from him is a blessing. The Bible says God rested on the seventh day. He blessed it. He sanctified it. Brethren, God is here today to bless someone. Who is that person? God will bless me today. I say, God will bless me today. I say, if you mean it one more time, I say, God will bless me today. Because you are not a selfish person, tell your neighbor, God will bless you today. God will bless you in Jesus' name. He said, He will pour out a blessing. A blessing. And a blessing is very significant. That was all that God released on Isaac. It was just a blessing. And the Bible tells us that Isaac sowed in the land where there was famine. And he did what? He reaped a hundredfold in Genesis 26. Because he had received a blessing. When Jacob got to the house of Laban, the Bible says Laban told Jacob, he said, I have noticed that because of you, God has blessed me. God will make you a blessing. Amen. I said, God will make you a blessing. Amen. 
So that when you want say in your place of work, if God makes you a blessing, you know they cannot sack you. When you say, I'm leaving, they'll say, ah, what can we do to, to stop you from leaving? They will try to create all manner of accommodation because they can see that because of you, they have been blessed. God will make you a blessing. Amen. You see, when God makes you a blessing, you are not only a blessing to others, you are a blessing to yourself. It's only Satan that will use someone and discard him. But when God uses you, he lifts you up. You will not be useless. Amen. I say you will not be useless. Amen. God will find you useful in Jesus' name. Amen. Because whatever God releases, he does not release for no reason. When God blesses you, he blesses you to make you a blessing. If you refuse to be a blessing, the channel might be blocked. Your channel of blessing will not be blocked. Amen. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says the ark rested upon a mountain called Mount Ararat. The word Ararat means the cause reversed. It means what? The cause reversed. The reversed. C-U-R-S-E. You see how it all comes together. You see where there's nothing empty in the word of God. Everything in the scriptures is there for a reason. On the 17th day of the 7th month, the ark rested upon Mount Ararat. Ararat means the cause has been reversed. The cause that was placed on mankind. The cause that resulted in the destruction of all of mankind except eight people. That cause was reversed the day the ark of Noah alighted upon that mountain. And peradventure, there's any cause that has followed you here today. It's reversed in Jesus' name. Amen. I say it's reversed in Jesus' name. Because it's impossible to enjoy any form of rest when you are going about to take cross upon your head. Tell somebody the devil is a liar. Concerning you, concerning your life, concerning your situation, I decree today the devil is a liar in the name of Jesus. I decree today the cross is reversed in the name of Jesus. I decree today the blessings of God is your portion in the name of Jesus. I decree you today, you will not serve God in vain. Amen. I say you will not serve God in vain. Amen. Tell somebody, I will not serve God in vain. You will not serve God in vain in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you know, brethren, as I round up, that that seventh month on which the ark rested is the same month that became the first month in the Jewish calendar? In the book of Exodus chapter 12, verse 1, when God was saying unto Moses that this month shall be the first of months for you. Is that same seventh month of the calendar on which the ark rested upon Mount Ararat? What is the significance of that? Because the Bible makes us to understand that the Passover is celebrated on the 14th day. Tell somebody the 14th day. On the 14th day of the seventh month. That seventh month, the month Nisan, became the first month of the Jewish spiritual calendar. So, on the 14th day of this first month is the day of the Passover. Again, what's the significance of that? Jesus was killed on that 14th day. And he was in the tomb for many days. How many days? 
Brethren, the world wants us to believe that Jesus died on Friday and, and rose up on, on Sunday. That's not true. That's not correct. He was in the tomb for three days. That's what he said. And that is what happened. He went to the grave. We are, we are told he was actually crucified on a Wednesday, which is referred to as the, as the high Passover or something like that. They have a word for it. The one, the one that happens once a year. As opposed to the one that happens every week. I mean, which is a, uh, yeah, the high Sabbath. That's what I'm looking for. There's one they call the high Sabbath. The high Sabbath happens once a year. Now, the normal Sabbath is every Saturday. Amen? Jesus was crucified on the date of what is called the high Sabbath. He was crucified on the 14th day of that first month. Which Genesis refers to as the what? The what? The seventh month. And he resurrected. He arose on what day? On the 17th day. So the same day the ark of Noah rested upon Mount Ararat is the same day that Jesus rose from the dead. The cause is reversed. Your blessing is assured. Your blessing is established. Because Jesus rose from the dead. It is the thread of salvation. Rest for the weary. What is it, brethren? What is it that has been troubling you up to this moment? You are in the seventh month. It's the month of rest. It's the month of divine perfection. It's the month of divine fulfillment. It's the month that God has promised that I will do a new thing. And he says, shall you not know it? Shall you not know it? He's here today to give you rest from all there is or there could be. You are the one.